Okay, so anyone who knows me, and honestly, at this point, anyone who listens to the podcast, because I guess we've just (laughs) gotten real close around here, knows that I do not wear bras. And like, that's not some sort of an over-exaggeration. You can ask any of my friends. I truly do not ever wear bras. However, there have recently been some circumstances where like, I just have to. I've been saying yes to more things. I feel like we've been going to more events and there are just some outfits. I got to do it. And when I tell you I have finally found a bra that makes wearing one bearable. Like I'm never going to be an everyday bra wearer. It's not in the cars for me. But when I have to, the only bras I can wear are skims, which I'll get into the specific ones in a second, but we all know this comes as no surprise. Like I have been an OG diehard skims fan since day one. I am a fan of every single product they make. You know the way I feel about the underwear, the clothes, all of it. But now adding bras to the mix, specifically the Fits Everybody t-shirt bra, because You guys know the way I feel about the Fits Everybody collection. I could talk about that for forever, but specifically the t-shirt bra, it's just so comfortable. I don't know, the straps don't dig into you. It's probably the only bra I've ever worn where when I get home, I'm not like dying to take it off, which I cannot express how massive of a feat that is for someone like me. It's just comfortable and it just does what it needs to do. And I am such a fan, which like no surprise, I love everything Skims makes, but here to confirm the bras are as good as you would think that they are. Shop Skims Bras at skims.com, now available in 62 sizes, 30A through 46H. If you haven't yet, be sure to let them know we sent you. After you place your order, select podcast in the survey and select our show in the drop-down menu that follows. Hi guys, I'm Emma. And I'm Julie. And we're the girls behind Comments by Celebs. And welcome to episode 12 from Quarantine. It's going to start to get really hard to count them, Em. No, you guys should know that every time before we start the podcast, right when we're about to start, I'm like, it's 12, right? And Julie has to go through and check just to make sure. I'm telling you something right now. When we get to episode 20, we're not keeping track anymore. <laughs> okay, fine. That's gonna- 20. We're not like, hi, this is episode 331 from quarantine. <laughs> I know. This really is the new normal. It's crazy how things... I know. This is, just, this is just an episode. I know. Fine. Um, what did you think about this episode? Um... I thought it was a little boring at times. Like I could have done without Kylie's whole plot line, but I love when we get a lot of Tristan and I love when we get a lot of Scott and Chloe. Oh, interesting. See, for me, if I I love the Scott and Chloe dynamic, but I probably could have done without the prank. And I was I love every inch of Kylie's house. Like I don't care what it's about. I love Kylie's house too. I just like don't really like her eyeball. <laughs> yeah. Like those are two very different things. Yeah. Okay, shall we? We shall. Scene by scene. You guys know the drill. Okay. Let's start. Opening scene. We're at Chloe's house. She's in her closet on FaceTime with Tristan, which seems to be the spot that she FaceTimes him frequently. Yeah. It's, it's like the, the closet's her hangout spot in general. Yeah. And he calls to see if she got a package and her assistant, Alexa, is bringing it in. He's bringing, she's bringing in this big Dior bag and she's like, you got to stop buying me things. It's really crazy. And she says in her confessional, she's like, Tristan and I are really in a good place. Do I wish he acted this way when we're together? A hundred percent. Oh my God. Should I get, let me finish this scene and then we have so much to unpack here. I know. So she says to him, she's like, you know, coming from the guy who, when we were together, I don't think even bought me one thing. And he goes, yeah, I was a little too El Cheapo. (laughs) She's like, what? (laughs) I don't even know. And in her confessional, she says, I also just want to be really smart and not have any of these lines blurred. So she opens the bag and he got her that, you guys know exactly which one it is. It's the blue multicolored um, Dior tote. Retails for $27.60 in case anybody was interested. It's the one, it's like a, a different version of the one that every influencer has and they typically have their name on it. He didn't get her name, which I thought was a little bit bizarre. So Chloe opens the bag and she's like, oh, thank God Kim is in here. I don't think she, I don't know what she'd think, which makes total sense. It's not a Kim vibe at all. No, not at all. And you know, Chloe's just in her confessional basically saying how confusing this is. And she says to him, she's like, you have to stop buying me things. It's weird. So, you know, Tristan is kind of showing her the playroom and basically Chloe and True haven't been to Cleveland in a really long time. And he's trying to get the house set up and figure out what toys True has outgrown. And you can see he's, he's really fucking trying. Like, (laughs) yeah, he's definitely trying. 
He is. And so she says there's this one thing. She's like, you know, you, she's outgrown that. You can get rid of it. And he goes, so what happens if we have another girl? We're going to have to buy it all over again. And she goes, who's having another girl with you? He goes, listen, I'm just saying True does need a sibling. And she goes, right. So I might get some embryos and get some siblings. I might need to get some sperm or borrow some from you. But we'll figure that out at a later date. That's a whole other episode. And she looks at the camera. Also, True has a sibling. Yeah. <laughs> Tristan has another. It's not even like another. It's not even like he took the time or the courtesy to be like, True needs another sibling. It was like, True needs a sibling. I know. You know, True has a sibling. I got to be honest with you, Julie. Up until this moment, I, I that didn't even register for me. I know. I, it's honestly, it's all I think about. When I think about Tristan, I don't even think about the fact, like, obviously I think about the whole cheating scandal, but one of the things that, like, I can't move on from isn't even the cheating scandal. It's the fact that he has another kid that he, like, literally, aside from, like, an Instagram or two, like, doesn't acknowledge, or seemingly so. I obviously <laughs> don't know the ins and outs, but, like, that was, like, the prime example of that. No, that was. I guess my thing is, like, I don't know. I, I, I'm trying to be... I'm trying to be a, like open-minded about it and think of all possibilities. Like number one, does the mom maybe not want, you know, the son shared as much? Number two, is it just, are we being biased because we obviously see so much more of true, but we're not following people in the son's life. You know what I mean? The only thing I will say is in terms of, first of all, that statement was really telling. Like, I don't like to say like, needs a sibling in general. I just think that's so telling, especially when it's your kid. It's not even like if Chloe had a kid with somebody else and he didn't say that, like it was, it was your kid. And the other thing that we'll get into later, which is when True's actually at his house, it's like, there's no sign of another kid living there. Yeah, that's true. That's true. Um, it was very interesting though, when she, when he said, you know, listen, uh, like what if we have another girl? And as it's kind of very presumptuously and, she she was taken off guard, I think, for a second. Yeah, I think so, too. I mean, I was also surprised that she said to him, like, I might need to borrow some sperm. Well, that's the conversation that we had had, we were having the last time. Like, what what would she do? Is she comfortable with, you know, let me just have all my kids with one person, What, however that's going to happen? Or does she want, you know, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know either. I was surprised that she said it to him because... Like my thought process was like, okay, maybe she'll think about it. But once she says it to him, it's like all her entire concern is like not blurring any lines, not getting his hopes up, not doing anything to lead him in any direction that like she isn't 100% comfortable with. So for her to like mention that to him was kind of like you're a little bit going back on what you've been saying. Well, Julie, we will get into the more of this as the episode progresses. But what I found to be so striking throughout this entire episode was like, I really think Chloe is having a, and we've spoken about it. It was just so clear here. She's really having a hard time because she is, you know, she knows the right thing or like, quote unquote, the right thing, but she's still into him. Like, I don't think she's fully, you know, it's not even like she's fully repulsed by him. Like there's a part of her that knows that if she lets her guard down, she very easily could slip right back in because he's staying with her He's doing all the right things. He's so hot. She hasn't had sex in a long time. I mean, I'm just speaking very kind of like practically here. And I fa- I saw her like actively catching herself. Oh, a hundred percent. There's also- certain things she said in the certain way that she words thing where she like includes herself in things rather than just true that I think is really telling. Um, and that obviously comes into play much later. But I don't know. He's also so manipulative. Like the whole buying gifts thing is like the most manipulative act a person could take. I know, I know. And you know, it would be one thing if, if that's how he always was. You know what I mean? If he just, if his love language was really gift giving and that's how he was when they were together, no, not at all. It's it's a post, it's a post, uh, post fuck up situation, you know? Right. And also if he was really good about like only giving gifts when it applied to a specific situation, like if that bag had come after True had stayed with him and it was a thank you for letting True stay with me bag or thank you for trusting me bag, like that would be one thing. Yeah. But they're very seemingly random. Yeah, it's, it's, I totally agree. So the next scene, Chloe's at lunch with Scott and which by the way, I mean, that's just our favorite pairing always. Always. That's why I like when they do these pranks. I'm just happy to hang out with them. No, you're right. You're honestly right. I don't know what I was saying. (laughs) They're talking about their next prank and Scott says, he's like, it just needs to be something your mother would be super embarrassed about. And they basically come up with the idea to have Chloe dress up as Chris and get embarrassing paparazzi pictures 
have Tracy and the PR team email her being like, TMZ wants to get a comment on these photos and see what transpires, which I think is like, out of all the pranks they've done, and yes, I know a lot of these are staged, this is like the best one, the one of the best ones to me. This is, it's very Justin Bieber and the burrito. Yes, it's very Justin Bieber and the burrito. Good call, Julie. Thanks, Emmy. So next scene, Kylie and Stoss are in the car and they're talking about their Halloween plans. And Kylie basically almost hits a car and she complains that she can't see when she drives. And this sets the whole storyline for the fact that they're getting LASIK eye surgery, which if you are anything like us, I'm sure you have already watched Stoss's LASIK eye vlog. You saw the pictures of them, the matching uh, eye outfits. Like, we, I feel like I had already been through this five times. Yeah, over. like I feel like I'm already going through something that I didn't want the first time. Yeah, I totally agree. What do you think of their dynamic? Julie, I have so much to say. <laughs> I, I, <laughs> do you want to say it? <laughs> yeah, I mean, okay. First of all, I really like Stoss. I think that she's always been a true friend to Kylie, et cetera. I think that their history, she's very much a ride or die. And I think that she can be viewed as really superficial if you're just looking at her on Instagram. But I feel like, I do think she's a really good person. But what I will say, and this isn't even a negative, their dynamic is, to me, very different than Kylie and Jordan. Did you get that? Yes, but I also, like, the thing that I will say is that I think that Kylie and Jordan had a very specific friendship that, like, most people's friendships can't compare to. Like, they were literally, like, a married couple. Yeah. And I think it takes a really long time and a lot of time together to get to that point. So I think that when we see her and Stas together, it's just like the only other friendship we have to compare it to is her and Jordan. So it's like seems a little, it like definitely seems different. It definitely seems like that, you know, stereotype of Stas just got called up to the number one spot. But right. I don't know if that's actually the case. Right. Like you're so right. I think that we, our, our barometer for what's normal is off because Kylie and Jordan's relationship while amazing wasn't the norm. You know what I mean? Right. That's not what all, first of all, they lived together. So that just changes everything. And there was, I think it was just a totally different kind of situation, you know, whereas I don't know, I guess I, I, I think late, maybe later on it'll, it'll come to me to describe it better. Cause I can't put the words. Wait, I like, I don't know what the word to describe it is either. Other it's than just, like different. Yeah, it's just different. Um, okay. Next scene, they're at Chloe's house and it's Chris and Chloe in her room. And Chloe says to Chris, she's like, I have a serious question to ask you. To co-parent is a different beast. Probably the hardest thing I've ever had to figure out because you get territorial. Like, this is my baby. Why are you telling me what to do? Like, you forget. Oh yeah, it's both your baby. And Chloe basically is in her confessional telling us that Tristan's back in Cleveland NBA season is starting and this is the first season that she's not with him. And so, you know, typically she goes back and forth every other week to Cleveland, but she's not going. He really misses true. He doesn't know when he's going to see her next. And she's kind of saying that like, she hasn't put so much thought into um, when true is going to visit her, him in Cleveland. And I think she's like having a really hard time with it. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I mean, I, I think that first of all, if she was like sending true anywhere alone, I think it would be really nerve wracking for her. Like she's never been away from her for that period of time before. Yeah. And she says to Chris, she's like, honestly and truthfully, I just want us to have a peaceful friendship. And Tristan's been really consistent and present and that's great. But I haven't even thought of this part yet that I'm not going, which it's fine. But I'm like, we haven't even talked about this yet. What does that mean? I have to send true there by herself. Co-parenting is hard and you have to respect both parents. But I'm like, I don't know what I feel comfortable with. And I'm sure he won't make me do anything I don't feel comfortable with doing. But then is it not fair for, for True to even see your dad? Because that's going to be a, a long however many months. Courtney and Scott, at least they're two miles from each other. Such a good, such an interesting comparison. Right. And Chris is the one that's like, yeah, because basically if, you know, Scott wants to see the kids or Mason decides he wants to have a sleepover at Scott's one night, it's like he just goes and picks them up. You need two minutes notice. Exactly. It's not a thing. I mean, like they really have that luxury with all of the family members and, and Scott, not just Courtney and Scott together. I think having the luxury of living a mile apart at all times right. is unparalleled. You just can't compare that. Right. Like for, for them, it's like the cousins, it's not even just that they get to all hang out. It's that like, if Kim wants to go, the kids can get dropped off at any cousin of their choice or any like grandparent of their choice. Yeah. And Chris says, she's like, listen, I don't think there's a handbook for this. I think that's your heart and your head. And I think that day by day, you're going to figure it out. And Chloe says in her confessional, she goes, I've never doubted Tristan as a father, not for one second. I know how great he is as a father. It's more my ability to leave my child. 
That was and a really important distinction for her to make. Very important and very fair. She didn't have to say that. Yeah, no, totally. I think that's the thing about Chloe. Like she's cons- she is so like inherently concerned about other people and the way that they're viewed. Like she said that, yeah, it's the truth, but also that's the optics of the situation. She knew what it could look like and she wanted to make that clear. And like, that's not a step that all of them take. Right. Well, also, especially considering the fact that there are so many preconceived ideas about Tristan as a father, not just with True, but with his son. Exactly. Exactly. And, you know, Chris says to her, she's like, listen, that's a bond that they're forming. You don't want to sever that bond. Okay. Next scene. We're back at Kylie's house. <laughs> Julie writes, we haven't been here in forever. I love those white chairs by the pool. <laughs> I love Kylie's house. Honestly, what I was going to say to you is this episode, not that I needed a confirmation, but it confirmed it for me. 10 out of 10 times, if you ask me which house I'm taking, it's Kylie's. You know what? You're right. I'll suffer through a little eyeball action if it means we get the interior of Kylie's house. Right? Right? Yeah. Absolutely. Martin, you're right. Martin Lawrence Villard didn't design that shit for you to be grossed out by LASIK. You know what I mean? You're right. You're right. You're 100% right. Thank you. I just said here to keep you in line. <laughs> so Stas is there making Kylie coffee and they're just kind of talking about her not being able to see, et cetera. And Stas is trying to convince her to get LASIK with her. And there, yes, I'm glad you noted this. They're both in their skims. And did you notice that Kylie has three high chairs in her kitchen because of all of the cousins? I didn't, but that's so cute. Well, at first I was like, why does she need three? And then I realized. I fucking love that kitchen. Love, love. I love that house. Although I really love Chloe's marble. Yeah, I do. Chloe's house is just very white. I love that though. You love so it. Until- Kylie's now though. She redid it. I know. I know. I don't know. Kylie's used to be a lot more colorful than it is now. Isn't it crazy to think back to Kylie's first house? How like oh, that crazy. That seems so extravagant. It's like, we didn't even know what we were fucking in for. It was also crazy to think how crazy we thought it was that Kylie was moving into her own house. Oh my God. I remember when they had the apps and she did the video tour of her closet and I was like, Julie, she has her own shoe closet. Like, what was I, a fucking loser? Were we friends? <laughs> did we know each other then? I don't know. When did they have their apps? <laughs> I have no idea. It seems like another life. Oh my God. It really does. So I know we're all kind of operating at a different skill level when it comes to makeup. Like I have some friends who they do their makeup and it looks like they got it professionally done. I have others who know nothing about any products. And then I would say I'm somewhere in the middle, like by no means am I very skilled, but I think I can hold my own. And in terms of my everyday, I'm just doing mascara, lip gloss, and maybe a little bit of highlighter on my inner corner. So if I'm only using a few products, I need them to be excellent. And I've recently been very into the Thrive Cosmetics mascara, which I'll tell you about in a second, but just in general, a note on the company. For every product purchase, Thrive Cosmetics donates products and funds to help communities thrive, which I just love knowing that I'm buying from a company that does that. And in terms of their mascara, so it's the Liquid Lash Extensions Mascara. You guys have seen that. It's the viral turquoise tube. I've saw it all over social media before I ever started using it. And it's a unique formula that creates tubes around each eyelash to lengthen them. It's also super easy to remove. So it slides right off with warm water. It doesn't leave smudges. And the ingredients are really nourishing. So they support longer, stronger, and healthier looking lashes over time. It really just gets the job done. Like you will see what I mean when you try it. Refresh your everyday look with Thrive Cosmetics, luxury beauty that gives back. Right now, you can get an exclusive 10% off your first order at thrivecosmetics.com slash CBC. That's Thrive Cosmetics, C-A-U-S-E-M-E-T-I-C-S dot com slash CBC for 10% off your first order. So next scene, we're at Chloe's house and Tristan's there with True. Malik and Khadija come over and they greet him by saying like, hi, dad, which is just... Their dynamic with him is just interesting. Very. And Tristan, Chloe tells Tristan to take True in to eat and he walks over and he gives her a flower. And he's like, he was kind of not making sense. He was like, it's from me to True. And Chloe's like, okay, then give it to True. And he's like, no, 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 no. Like it's from me and True to you. And he like puts it in her, in her, in her sweatshirt. And you can tell she is so visibly just uncomfortable. Yeah, because she doesn't know she doesn't know what to do with him. Like, I think that one of the biggest issues is that like, she knows that she can't do anything with him because of everything he's done. Like she knows what message that would give off to both herself, to true, to everybody, the whole public. But I think the issue with her is that she doesn't entirely recognize that like this behavior is manipulative and is more like thinks it's sweet, but doesn't want to let herself go there. Yeah. Yeah, what do you, do you think that she, 
That's a very important distinction. Do you think she's recognizing the manipulation or do you think she's really thinking he's doing it solely from the good of his heart? No, I don't think she recognized the manipulation. Yeah. I think she's, I don't, I don't think she fully trusts herself, which is totally fine. But that's why you see her being so standoffish. Right. Like she, she has to be. But I think that if she was able to take everything that she's doing and be like, he is so manipulative, like he doesn't do, you know, X, Y, and Z for me. He just like buys me gifts and tries to like kind of coerce me into thinking that we have a future together instead of like him just focusing on true. I think that he would actually probably have a much better shot with getting what he wants from her than with what he's doing. But I think that she is only seeing it as like nice gestures and not as manipulation. Yes. And as we said last time, a lot of what she's doing, it she she puts it under the the auspice of like, um, you know, I don't want to blur the lines, whereas it's really also for herself. She doesn't want to let herself go there. Right. So she says in her confessional, she's like, you know, Tristan surprised True and I becoming in LA and spending just 24 hours with us. She's like, he really misses True and doesn't know when he's going to see her next because I haven't given a definitive date as to when True's going to visit him in Cleveland. I've never sent True anywhere before, so that part is scary and overwhelming for me. And she's talking to Malik and Khadija and she's like, did you hear that Tristan came to town? A little strange, but what are you going to do? She's like, I said to him, you know, what if I was having an orgy? I, like, how do you know what I'm doing? And... Chloe basically says in her confessional, she's like, I love what a great dad he is. I appreciate it. It's just confusing at the same time. Right. And I thought that was kind of an interesting thing of like, like, yeah, how, how do you know? You know? Well, the, this is also one of the, one of the points where I was like, her word choice is so interesting because she says like, she doesn't say Tristan came home to surprise true. Like she includes herself in that. Yeah. She's like, Tristan came home to surprise me and True. Yeah, so true. So true. <laughs> no, but I, I, like to me, I don't know. I may, I'm, I'm, I think I'm just being, I don't like that I'm saying this because I know I really am going to believe that his intentions are good. I think he obviously loves his daughter. I'm not questioning that for a second. But like, to me, that in itself is manipulative because it makes the surprise visits make Chloe feel, or maybe are designed to make Chloe feel like she can't just go off and do her thing because she has to be watching out for if he were to come by. I don't know. I don't like right. that. I don't think that's right. No, I don't think so either. And I don't think that's how most people operate. I think that even if Scott was going to come up and pick up the kids, he would at least check to make sure Courtney was home. Yeah, totally. Every time that I, that I catch myself feeling like I'm being too hard on him, I go back to, I have to remind myself what happened. Right. Like, here's mm-hmm. the thing. I think that, like, the one thing I did pick up on this episode that, like, I hadn't seen was him as a dad. And I think he is a very involved parent. I think he really cares, obviously. And I think that he is trying to do his best for True. I just think at the same time, he's not doing right by Chloe. Yeah, I totally agree. I don't. I just think he's capable of both, quite frankly. So, anyway, uh, Malika and Khadija go in this How bizarre. Was this? this was the weirdest thing ever. This was so weird. You want to die? Wait, oh, let me tell you guys what happens so that I can tell you what, what went through my head. You're going to die. So they, Kalika, Malika and Khadija start by telling Chloe that they have this job offer, which would force them to move to Atlanta for a little while. It would be six months. And, you know, Chloe, they're like, oh my God, Chloe's like, would you do it? Do you want to know how fucking dumb I am? What? Before I realized what was going on, which was that Malika was obviously telling her she was pregnant. And for a second, I was like, Oh my God, were Malika and Khadija the second choice to Nick and Vanessa Lachey to host Love is Blind? That's hilarious. That's literally <laughs> hilarious that that was your thought. Because that's probably how long they were in Atlanta for filming somewhere around there. Isn't that so funny? That's really funny. I know. So they're trying to do this. They obviously can't do it. And Malika's like, what? It's not a real job. And she goes, no, Chloe, I'm pregnant. And but what did Atlanta have to do with anything? It was so weird and confusing. I don't know. I think they just panicked. I, that was so, but it seemed planned out. They were both in on it. Like, I wonder what the conversation was like. Let's tell her I'm moving to Atlanta. No, let's say I'm pregnant. What do those two things have to do with each other? I don't know. I think they just got, they got stressed and it just came out very bizarrely. I mean, I, I was expecting this to be more of a thing. I was too. Like, I said to you when we were talking about this, I was like, I can't wait for the episode where Malika says she's pregnant. It's going to be like such a big, exciting reveal. Do you think that she had told her pre? Like, do you actually think that was the first time she told her? Or you think she told her before? I can't imagine that like that shit got through. If she had told her before and that was reacted, I can't imagine they weren't like, okay, just shoot that again. This is ridiculous. Yeah, that's true. That's true. 
So next scene, we're at Chloe's house with Scott and Chloe's dressed as Chris and she's in the full Adidas tracksuit. She has, you know, the wig, she has the rings, et cetera. And they FaceTime Rob and Rob is in on the prank because he was the one who got Chris's car, which who knew? I know. Good for Rob getting involved. I like to see him. I like to see him out and about and helping out with the family. You know, back in the day, Chloe, Scott, and Rob was like one of the most coveted trios. Yeah, only second to Chloe, Lamar, and Rob. I know. We haven't seen that in a while, you know? I miss a Chloe, Rob, Lamar. Oh my God. I miss that dynamic so much. I know. I know. But we'll never get that again. Never. I know. It's so sad. So Chloe and Kim decide to get Tracy, who's the publicist, obviously, on it because she'll know how to finagle it. She'll know how to make it seem legit. And Chloe says, she's like, it's a little concerning to me how much I love being Kris Jenner, by the way. Listen. I was like, you know what? I get it. Can you blame her? I, not at all. You know. So next scene, they go um, to the McDonald's drive-thru and it's Chloe and Scott in the car. And the drive, the drive-thru guy recognizes Scott. He's like, your Scott is great. And Chloe's like, does no one recognize Chris fucking Jenner? <laughs> I like this prank. I don't know why. I was like cracking up. No, it was hilarious. They go, they do this whole photo shoot. Chloe's like eating a burger. She's smoking. She's throwing the Krispy Kreme out the car window. She's peeing behind the car. She's like throwing up in a bush, doing all these things that Kris Jenner would just be so mortified if pictures of her doing that ever resurfaced, right? Right. Like, so, also, like, the only illogical part about this prank is that like Chris knows that she obviously didn't do these things. Yeah, I know. I, I was, I was, I was trying to figure out what they're go- like. <laughs> were they trying to? Were they trying to say someone's dressing up as you? Like you know that psych prank where like or that psych experiment where you like can convince somebody that they did something even though they know they didn't if enough people tell them that they did it. Yeah, like that's what I felt like was trying to happen here. But like Chris would obviously know that she didn't eat Krispy Kreme and then throw three boxes out the window. Like you don't forget that. The nails were a dead giveaway. Right, and obviously she wasn't, like, drunk driving. Yeah. Shout out to Astapro for sponsoring this episode and providing me with free samples. So I don't know if you guys suffer from allergies, but kind of a new development in my life is that I apparently do. I didn't used to, but in the last few years, I've noticed specifically as the seasons change that I start to have allergies. And to me, there is nothing more uncomfortable than that feeling of nasal congestion. Like, you just don't feel like yourself. And I was really looking for something that worked because so much of this stuff doesn't work. And I found Astapro to be really helpful. So I think it could be for you too if you deal with this kind of stuff. So Astapro is a first of its kind nasal allergy spray. It's the fastest 24-hour over-the-counter allergy spray and it starts working in 30 minutes while other allergy sprays take hours. Astapro is the first and only 24-hour steroid-free allergy spray. And Astapro delivers full prescription strength indoor and outdoor allergy relief from nasal congestion, runny and itchy nose, and sneezing. By the way, that... 30 minutes thing is real. And for me to have relief in 30 minutes is just a game changer. Get fast acting nasal allergy symptom relief with Astapro. Go to astaproallergy.com for a discount so you can Astapro and go today. A-S-T-E-P-R-O allergy.com. Astapro and go. Uses directed for relief of nasal congestion, runny nose, sneezing and itchy nose due to allergies. So next scene, we're back in the whole Kylie LASIK thing. And something I really liked that they did this episode is they did these throwbacks to previous seasons. So when they're going into this scene, they do the throwback to when Kim got her LASIK eye surgery. And they're, you remember they're in the old house, the old ranch? I know. And that Kim's like, I don't want it, I don't want it. Chris is like, well, you have to get it. But do you remember that episode? I remember it like, like it yesterday. I, any episode from that old house is like, it has a very special place in my memory. Yeah. So they're, they go in, you know, Kylie's nervous, whatever. They, they go into the thing and Chris gives her, you're doing amazing, sweetie, line mid LASIK surgery. And I was just so thankful for that. I was too. You know what else I was thankful for? What? I decided after watching that, that I'm not getting LASIK. You know, I have to say, by the way, as someone who has had cornea surgery on both of my eyes. I know she sounded like she was being a little bitch, but it is very scary having your eye operated on. No, I was watching that because I've thought about it. And I was like, no, I'm fine with my contacts. I like my new pair of glasses. I'm not getting LASIK. That was like, I couldn't even watch. There's something about eyes I just can't watch. It's a I crazy. can't watch anything touch it. It's like I feel it in my whole body. I know. I always think like, imagine waking up and be like, you know, I think I want to be an ophthalmologist. That takes some fucking guts. Mm-hmm. 
And I was like, honestly, I was thinking about your eye surgery when I was watching and I was like, oh my God, I can't believe she did that. I was like cringing. She was so fucked up. Um, yeah. And I was, I so related because I was on so much fucking Valium and like Oxy and all this shit because it is so painful. I mean, I didn't have LASIK, I had something else, but I got, I fully got what her, like how out of it she was. Yeah. I mean, I, I've been there with a surgery or two. She looks at the camera. She's like, I am a LASIK surgery survivor. My name is Kylie Jenner. I was like, get the fuck out of here. Well, I was like, what's to say your name first? <laughs> so next scene, they're at Chloe's house and it's Kim and Chloe. And Chloe's saying to her, you know, Tristan just came and surprised True and I. Um, he doesn't tell me, he just comes to LA. And Kim's like, what if you were busy? She's like, I said when he came here, what if I was on a date and had a guy over? He was like, that would have sucked. He was like, I just wanted to see True. And you know, I would have loved for that scenario to happen. Like, I would have loved for that to play out what would have actually happened if she had a guy over. That's my dream come true. Same. I think, I think that's my dream. I think that's my new dream come true. I think so too. Like, I would love for him to get like, even like a fraction of a taste of his own medicine. Right. Like I'm not looking for him to get cheated on. Two wrongs don't make a right. That's not what I'm looking for. But this is a totally like innocent, allowed situation to happen that I think would really just hit him home that like buying gifts does not replace the level of respect that you need to give the woman that you apparently loved or right. love. I want to make an office reference, but I know you're not going to get it. But other people will. He Tristan reminds me so much of Ryan from The Office, which is BJ Novak's character. And he like has the whole on and off again with Mindy Kaling the whole time throughout the show. And there was one episode where she's dating someone else. And he's like, you know, it's weird. Like I would, I guess I would rather her be alone than see her happy. Is that love? <laughs> I, okay. I don't get the right. I know you don't, but like, you could understand the I relationship get, there. Yeah, I get the sentiment. I can't wait for all the people that are going to DM us saying they got the reference. <laughs> me too, kid, Me too. So, you know, Chloe, they're talking about it and she says, she's like, he's trying and he's being so nice, but it just made me feel smothered. We need space. This isn't good. And I told him that. And Kim's like, you know, you feel like you're spending too much time together. And she says it's a lot of pressure. And she says they're in their confessional together, Kim and Chloe. And she's like, listen, I feel two different ways about it. On one side, I feel super sweet that he's traveling this far to see his daughter. But the other side is like, why do you think you're coming here and surprising me? I kind of go both ways. And Kim says, I think the season will be really good for you guys in figuring out what balance is. <laughs> and remember how earlier like um chloe said to him she was like that's a whole other episode or that's a whole other season when kim said season here i was like why are they referring to time by the show but i realized she meant basketball season that was exactly what happened to me i <laughs> like in addition to the fact that in light of corona nba season is canceled so like if, if i if it was ever in my brain space it's fully out now and two like when i hear seasons i obviously just think kardashian episode. yeah i was like why are you measuring time and season <laughs> do you know that like i'm so not into sports that i first went kardashians then i went like winter spring summer fall then i went basketball that's so funny <laughs> and chloe says like she's really not comfortable sending true with the nanny and tristan's working all day and you know, she said when she wasn't talking about the confessional, just about her fear of all of this, you know, she's saying how he works all day. He really only has a couple of hours a night. And again, she went, made the point to defend him and to say, that's not, you know, that's not a negative. That's literally his career. Right. And I think coming from a family where everyone's so busy, that's obviously something that she's more sensitive to. Totally. But I just like, that was another, she, she, you could see in her confessionals, which isn't speaking to her family, just speaking to the world. Like she's very conscious of how it's going to come off. She really makes a point, I think, to present him in such a positive light. Well, do you think she's doing that because she's, she's creating a scenario where like, if they ever do get back together, or she ever decides to take him back, that like at least she's covered her tracks of making him seem so positive to the public and so changed at this point? Like maybe that's a fraction of it for sure. But I, I genuinely think her number one motive is like, this is the father of my child and I'm not trying to create some sort of a negative image. Like he did that enough for himself. I don't need to right. add on. Yeah. It's kind of like, it's kind of like when Cardi was, <laughs> I can't believe I'm making this. Where are you going with this? Go here in a second. When Cardi was on live with Bernie and she's like, Trump keeps saying the Democrats, Democrats make him look bad. Like motherfucker, we don't need anyone to make you look bad. You do it right. to yourself. That's what Chloe was saying about, about Tristan. <laughs> Did you ever think that sentence would come out of your mouth? When Cardi was alive with Bernie Sanders. <laughs> no. Um, anyway, so Kim's like, co-parenting must be so hard. And Chloe's like, the hardest thing I've ever done in my life. Great like, input, Kim. Like, <laughs> Kim was very, like, uninvolved in this scene. I feel like she was, like, as involved as she could be. Like, what's she, like, she going to do? First of all, she has no co-parenting advice to give. 
Yeah, isn't it funny that, I mean, I guess Courtney's not filming this now anyway, and their relationship is totally different, like Chloe, Courtney and Scott versus Chloe and Tristan. But really, the person that has the most experience with this is Courtney. Well, that's Chloe. you know Chloe and Courtney's relationship is kind of fucked. Because when she's going for co-parenting advice, she's going to everybody but Courtney, it seems like. Yeah, exactly. I mean, I guess Chris has had some, but not at that age. Right, it's different. So Although now- Although really young. Yeah, I guess that's true. I guess that's true. Um, okay, so next scene, we're at Kylie's house and it's post-LASIK. You know, Chris gives her a little bell that she can ring when she wants anything. So of course she wants everything. She wants water with lemon, no ice. She wants tacos. How did those tacos look? First of all, they looked amazing. And I'm not even a taco person. And second of all, I love, I decided that my favorite dynamic of Chris and someone is, is Chris and Kylie. Yeah, because it reminds you of you. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe. What, what do you mean like your favorite dynamic is the person that sits in their bed and like sits with their mommy and makes them lay down with them like of course that's your favorite dynamic I know it's literally but I just love it I, I just I don't know I, I think that Kylie has and they all respect her I'm not putting I'm not ranking it but I really think Kylie has like another level of respect for Chris yeah I think so too I think that well I think the difference between Kylie and Chris and the only other one that I would directly compare it to would be Kim and Chris, just like from a business and parenting perspective is because I think that Kim feels that like as much as Chris did for her, Kim did an equal amount for Chris. And it was really Kim pulling the strings and really getting them to a certain place. And Chris just, you know, keeping track of everything and organizing and helping, but they wouldn't be there without Kim. And I think with Kylie, she's fully has the mentality of like, none of this would be anything without my mom. Yeah. It's a really beautiful relationship. I really love it. I do too. And I think, you know, who else is a really great relationship is, is Chris and Chloe. Yeah. Like there's a funnier dynamic and Chloe's not as like, you know, lovey lovey as Kylie is with her. But I think that Chloe takes Chris's like word and advice as like so, so important to her. We got a very interesting DM that I can't find right now about someone telling us their thoughts about Courtney saying how, they really think that Courtney just holds so much resentment for, uh, to, uh, to, uh, to, okay, let me just gather myself. You don't have to edit this out. I'll just, okay. Did I just, <laughs> it's a today, junior. Yeah, I literally can't speak for a second. Restarting. Um, I, we got a really interesting inbox from this girl that was basically saying she thinks that Courtney holds a lot of resentment towards Chris because of the whole cheating thing. She never got over it. And a lot of the issues and the dynamics come from that. And I think there's a lot of truth to that. Yeah, I think there's a lot of truth to that too. Also, did you see that TikTok that I sent you today that was like the girl defending uh, Courtney? Yeah, tell people she was what like, it was. Courtney is so girl made a TikTok, I have to find it. And she basically was saying that like, Courtney held the show on her back for 10 years. And honestly, if she wants to take a break, that's fine because it's time for others to start pulling their weight. And she's like, she had every single second of her relationship with Scott on camera, every second of the breakup, every second of like everything, the kids being born. She said every spinoff that was done, Courtney was a part of. It was Courtney and Chloe take Miami, Courtney and Kim take New York, Courtney and Kim take the Hamptons. They're like, she did her time and she did her work. Leave her the fuck alone. And I was like, you know what? That's a fair point. So it is a fucking fair point. I, I don't, Courtney gave us, you know what? Courtney gave us a damn lot. And she gave us way more with Scott than Kim could give us in 20 seasons with Kanye. Yep. Or any of them could give us with their significant others. We're not getting that from Kylie and Travis. We're not getting that from Chloe and Tristan. We're not even getting that from Chris and Corey. Right. I mean, that's the reason that if you go on TikTok, all of the audios are Courtney. is because she had some iconic lines early on when she was happy. I think she you still know? has iconic lines. But I think that the way her lines were perceived then is different than the way her lines were perceived now. Yeah, that's true. TikTok loves Courtney. That's her place. That's her home. I know. I want her to get more involved. So next scene, we're at Chloe's house. It's Tracy, Kim, and Chloe. And they're showing Tracy all the photos. And they're kind of devising how they're going to do it. And... Tracy's saying that like in order for her to do it, it has to be a slow process. She's like, you don't give her the photos right away. You're going to say that the Sun or the Daily Mail has photos of her just to bug her out. You're going to say, you know, I FaceTimed them. I saw the pictures. They won't send them to me. And this part, like forgetting about the legitimacy of the prank, I just thought it was interesting hearing the way Tracy approaches publicity. Like it was was notable that of course the Sun and the Daily Mail are like the two first because that's exactly what would happen, you know? Right, exactly. Like her, she has like a very, very, obviously publicist mind, but it was so interesting hearing her thought process because I don't know if they would have known or thought the way that she did. They wouldn't have, I don't think. 
So next scene, Chloe's in her confessional. And she says, she's like, I found some time where Tristan's going to be in Cleveland. So I want to go take True there, stay for a day, and then go back to LA. And, and that part I can't handle. I'm leaving True in Cleveland. I know she's in the best hands. It's just a big step. Which, right, like forgetting about anything going on with him, that is a big step the first time leaving your kid. I can imagine how. I mean, even if they were still together, let's say, and Chloe wanted to bring her to Cleveland, then got called back to LA, like, I think that would still be a huge step for her. Yeah, I think it's less about Tristan and more about the fact that she's just like any mother wouldn't love the idea of leaving their kid, you know? Right. And he got these big balloons that say, welcome home, Coco and True. He Again, that should have just said, welcome home, True. It's not Chloe's home. I know. (laughs) It's really... uh... The psychology of this shit is fascinating, I got to tell you. So, you know, she says, she's like, it's kind of bittersweet being here. I feel really good that I can just make sure the baby gates are up, they're baby proof, the crib's right, the adjustment that she's comfortable, et cetera. And, you know, she's, she's like, she had a different stage in this house and wasn't like that when she was there all the time. And Tristan comes home, true's asleep. And Chloe says, she's like, okay, there's so many things I'm going to go through. All the formula we don't need. There's so much medicine that's probably expired. Whatever, there's a lot of stuff. I'm going to be leaving later, but everything looks great. And they're kind of going over the time schedule. And, you know, she says he's asking all the right questions. He's being super attentive, which he was. Yeah, definitely. Like he knew, it wasn't like he was asking dumb questions. He was like, okay, if she goes to bed at seven, then she can go to sleep at 10 here and wake up at this time here. Like it was all very logical parenting questions. So she goes, so she'll only be off an hour when she comes back home. And Tristan goes, if she ever comes back home. And Chloe's like, oh no, she's coming back home. You have no idea. And Tristan's like, she is home. And Chloe's like, no, the anxiety that I'm having and she goes, he goes, you're not kidnapping her. And Tristan goes, it's not kidnapping. Fathers cannot kidnap their daughters if their moms know where they are. <laughs> Julie, Julie, right? <laughs> okay, Tr- Tristan, tell that to the 49% of all kidnappings that occur in the U.S. every year, but that seems besides the point. <laughs> it's true. I know. 49% it's so- of kidnappings in the U.S. are done by a parent. And Chloe basically says, like, don't even, don't even start with me here because she's absolutely coming back. And he's like, you know, you don't have to leave. She's like, I do have to leave. And Tristan's like, Coco takes Cleveland. And she goes, when we were together, that would have been a great solution. But you were anti a lot of things then. And he goes, it's all about development. It's like you take a butterfly. First, you're a caterpillar. Then you're in a cocoon. Then you hatch and become a butterfly. And that's the most beautiful moment. And she's like, what is wrong with you? This is freaking me out. And he's like, you know, maybe I just scared you a little too much. And I was like, did you just do fucking metamorphosis as a way to like show your character growth? Right. Like, I don't, who is the butterfly? (laughs) I was like, like I'm not, the butterfly was their relationship. No, the butterfly. Julie, Julie, Julie. Like, who the fuck's the butterfly here? I need to make a meme the second we're done with this episode. You know the meme I'm going to make? You know the girl in front of the board, like with the a million different equations? That was like yeah. me trying to figure out what the fuck Tristan was saying with the butterfly. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Like, what? I have no idea. It was so weird. It was bizarre. Anyway, she feels better. She's going to leave them. They're going to have their daddy, daughter time, etc. People have so many different hacks for getting a good night's sleep. And it's not to say that those don't work, but I really think you cannot discount the power of just good quality sheets and how much that can transform your sleep. I told you guys about these before, but as far as I'm concerned, Bowl and Branch are the best sheets on the market. And I think for me, the thing that like makes them so good is that they're really soft and luxurious while also being breathable. So they kind of work in all weather. And their signature sheets are their bestseller. They come in 14 versatile colors in all sizes from twin up to California King. I have them in the color stone. I have them in the color mineral. I have the waffle blanket. I have so many things from this company. Everything is just quality. And their sheets are made with the finest 100% organic cotton and completely free from toxins. Also, they said this, but I didn't really get it until I started using the sheets. They do get softer with every wash and you'll see that. I've gotten these as gifts for so many people and every single person has been a repeat customer. And there's a 30-night worry-free guarantee. So you can wash, style, and sleep in their sheets for an entire month. And if you don't love them, you can send them right back. Sleep better with the softest, most breathable bedding from Bolin Branch. Get 15% off your order when you use promo code CBC at BolinBranch.com. That's Bolin Branch, B-O-L-L-A-N-D, branch.com, promo code CBC. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Doing your hair has the potential to be such a time-consuming process if you're not using products that really work for you and honestly really work with you. And for me, I'd say generally speaking, my hair is pretty easy to manage, but it does get frizzy. I have a lot of split ends, so I'm always looking for things to manage the frizz. And recently I've been into a new product from Way. It's their anti-frizz cream. So it's a really lightweight cream. It provides immediate frizz control that lasts up to 72 hours and also heat protection up to 450 degrees. So you're kind of killing two birds with one stone. 
Now, the thing I really like about it is that it helps reduce and repair split ends while quenching dry hair with intense hydration. So you can feel like it just feels good on your hair. For me, I get out of the shower. I always spray in the leave-in conditioner. I've told you guys about that before, but I love it. A little anti-frizz cream and you're good to go. I also, I mean, I love a lot of things from Way, but I like their detox shampoo. I don't use that every week, maybe once a week, maybe once every other week, but I feel like it gives my hair a really, really good clean. Frizz free up your schedule with Way. Go to T-H-E-O-U-A-I.com and enter promo code CELEBS for 15% off any product. That's T-H-E-O-U-A-I.com, promo code CELEBS. Okay, so next scene, we're at Chloe's house. It's Scott, Chloe, and Tracy. And why don't you take us through the scene? The scene was cracking me up. <laughs> cracking me up. They're all talking. They're trying to figure out how they're going to do it. Tracy is essentially going to call Chris and set the scene that she has the photos and, you know, give Chris a scare. And Kim is with Crystal. They're obviously all so concerned that Kim's not going to be able to keep it together. Because she obviously has a history of like losing it. And Tracy says to Scott, you better not laugh. And Scott's like, I'm good. I've been pranking this woman for 20 years. Which is uh, like, I love it. So funny. I don't know. There's something about certain lines that Scott have that wouldn't mean anything to anybody else. But if you watch the show forever, you're like, oh, yes. I know. He literally was like, ate my first rodeo, bitch. I also like, I forgot, like, I know how long he's been in the family, but I love when he throws out those little, those little reminders of like, I have been here since the beginning. Since literally, yeah. Since the dawn of time. It's just so crazy to me when I, when I, when I, um, hear lines like that, it just takes me back to when we were watching season one, episode one and a couple weeks ago. And literally the entire plot line of that episode is Courtney and Scott's relationship. Like he is really an OG, OG, OG. Yeah, like he was episode one right off the bat. Yeah, episode one. And he had a plot in episode one. Yeah, he wasn't just some bystander. I know. It's crazy. Uh, also, like, my only issue with the pranks is, like, that they recall and they're like, Art Vandalay, Art Vandalay, Art Vandalay. Like, Todd Cranes was the OG and there will never be anything better. I completely agree with you. Anyways, back to back to what's happening here. Tracy calls her and says that she has the pictures and Chris is, like, freaking out. She's like, well, what car is it? And Tracy's like, um, it's like a gray rolls and she's like well first of all my car is black and we're like okay that's a tiny detail scott but it's so funny watching scott and chloe because they're planning like okay so next time we'll get a black one no big deal like it's yeah. so funny it's so okay. casual okay and- why don't we talk about chris's ring more julie i was thinking the same thing what the fuck is that that we never talk about i know do you think she's engaged no definitely not do you think she doesn't wear that that much but that's definitely from Corey, you think right I don't know. I have no idea. I think that that family, they buy, there's no like, you know, the spouse needs to buy. No, I think they buy themselves diamonds all the fucking time. I feel like Corey and Chris probably have their own little like, I don't want to use the word promise ring, but it's more like a, we know what this is and it's basically a marriage, but without getting married and putting a thing on it. So we'll get a ring, but not do anything further. Do you think they're soulmates? Um, I don't know. Like, do you think they're going to be in it for the long haul? Yeah, I think that. Yeah, I think they're in it, in it. I think something really bad would have to happen for it to, that to not be the case. Because I think he's staying in it for, you know, every last step. The only, only, like, scenario that I could logically think of, and I think we're, this isn't the case, is that if he decided he wanted kids of his own. Yeah. But I don't know. He seems, like, so happy and so fits in so, like, seamlessly for the with the family and really, like, feels like Stormy is so much his that I don't foresee that being an issue. It also seems like something that would have come up and, you know, happened already. But the only thing I could think of that would really set them back is if he woke up one day and was like, I need to have kids of my own. Yeah, that makes total sense. And knowing her, they probably did have that conversation, I guess, if his mind changed. Yeah. I mean, listen, Chris is nothing if not smart and a planner. Yeah. So, you know, Chloe's like, of course she's gotten a new car since. And and Chris is trying to figure out, like, did I do anything crazy? And she asked production. She's like, we weren't filming anything crazy, right? And production's like, no, not that I know of. And, you know, Tracy's like, okay, I'll try and kill it. And Chris is like, tell them she's a driver. And when she does drive her rolls, it's for a mile down the street. Ah, <laughs> oh, we will let them know. Yeah, I, I was like, we will let them know. Don't even worry about it. Okay. Next scene. Oh, Julie, you're so sweet. Julie writes, Kylie's house. Again, love this for you. (laughs) I was loving this for myself. So they're having a post-LASIK party, which I just can't even, like, I'm- I'm the most classic thing ever. I'm unfazed at this point. Like, you know what I mean? Like, I don't even, I don't judge it. I'm just like, you know what? 
it's so nice that you guys find a reason to celebrate even the smallest things and more people should do that. It's like beautiful, right? Right. Like how lucky are they to be blessed to be able to do that? I'm not judging it. I was just like, this is like, you fucking got LASIK. (laughs) It's just, but you know what? Good for them. Um, Anyways, Stormy really is so cute. You're right. You're right. You know what? Of all things, the LASIK was worth it for the house and the LASIK was three times worth it over to see 10 seconds of Stormy. When they're in the house and like they're walking through and you see that giant wine cellar, you know, the, the one oh, with the glass. I know. That gets my heart rate up. But I'm also like, I literally just saw you in Kylie's Instagram story. Like, yeah, hey, you know, what are you doing here? Yeah, what are you doing here? I feel like that TikTok's like, oh, you're here, bitch. You're so pretty. Yeah, that's exactly how I feel. So um, anyway, there, Tracy calls. And Tracy's like, I killed the story. I told them, you know, it's not the realm of possibility. I did ask them, when were those photos taken? And they wouldn't give me an exact date. And Chris is like, I, won't, I don't litter out my car. You know, I don't even throw a piece of gum out because I'm afraid that the animals are going to choke. And Chloe's, Chloe and Scott are in the confessional and they're like, we notice out of the corner of our eye that my mom is in the other room taking this phone call and she's getting a little rattled. And Chris is like, listen, if they don't have the balls to say to you on July, whatever, you're not giving up a source. And you can see she's like getting riled. Was this real, do you think, or no? I don't know. I, I think it was a real conversation between her and Tracy. Like, do you think this was a real prank? Yeah, I think so. I, kinda I think that... It's important to Scott <laughs> to prank for the sake of pranking and not to prank for the sake of the TV show. Yeah, I think that's true. Like, I'd like to think that if Keeping Up the Kardashians got canceled tomorrow, Scott would never give this up. Yeah, totally agree with you. Um, okay, next scene. Oh, you, you, you're going to like this one. Why don't you tell us about this one? <laughs> next scene, we're at Scott's house, which is like, thank God, because I love Scott's house too. I know. We've got a lot and of houses. What? Got a lot of houses this episode. There's nothing I love more than houses. I know. Same. Anyways, so Scott's there. Scott, Scott's house and Chloe's there sitting with him. And Tristan calls Chloe. And <laughs> wait, this was the funniest thing ever. Tristan answered the phone and Scott's like, what up, T-Dog? And I'm like, can you stop? I was like, you're embarrassing me. I know. <laughs> and Scott says to him, though, he's like, I heard you had a nice little weekend. And Tristan's like, yeah, it was a good time. She loved it. And... Chloe's basically saying in her confessional that True literally had no separation anxiety and she was completely fine. Meanwhile, Chloe was like, I have separation anxiety. I know, which was a good sign, though. It's a great sign. Yeah, it was a good sign. It's like when my parents said about when my parents dropped us off at camp, me and Carly, my older sister, dropped us off at camp the first summer. We forgot to say goodbye to them. And we're like, they're like, we're either have the most well-adjusted kids on the planet or they hate us. And we're not sure which one it is. Oh, my God. It was totally the former. Well, yeah, obviously. <laughs> we tried to walk up. Well, the funniest thing was like they drove us up and we went with like a bunch of our friends the first summer, like a bunch of our family friends. And there's like, there was four other people and my parents and all of the kids are like crying to their parents. And me and Carly are walking up the hill and my parents are like, are you going to say goodbye to us? It was like <laughs> the funniest thing ever. They still talk about it. That's such a you thing though. Such a me thing. I was like, I'll see you in literally four weeks. Like, why are you being so dramatic? <laughs> That's why like, True was like, True was probably like, okay, it's a weekend. Can you relax? I know. She's like, Chloe, can you chill? And <laughs> Chloe basically says, like, listen, we're going to get the schedule fine. Everything's going to be fine. You know, this co-parenting stuff isn't easy. And this was the best when Scott goes to Chloe. Listen, I paved the way for co-parenting. So good. She's like, so I paved the way for co-parenting in this family. I was like, you did it. You're right. Yeah. Fucking respect your elders. <laughs> So, you know, Scott does in his confessional solo. He's like, I think any effort that Tristan puts in with Chloe and True is positive. It's a positive thing. A lot of people could dwell about the past. So anything that sheds good light on that family, I'm with. I mean, listen, Scott was speaking from very much a place of experience. Like, I know what it's like to be the villain. And goddamn, I don't want anybody else to go through that. Sometimes I'm still not used to Scott being the voice of reason. You know, it's you're right, Julie. Sometimes it still catches me off guard. It's very, it's very, um, you know, it's, it's less about him being the voice of reason because I agree. Sometimes it does catch me off guard, guard also. But what I find so interesting about it is like you see in so much of what he says, his past experiences really come out. Like, yeah. I'm like, I think he's a good guy in general and he wouldn't obviously want to see any, you know, animosity between Chloe and Tristan. But like he's speaking, you can clearly tell that he is like um viewing this f- through his lens of like i was fucking there and it was right. 
And I think Scott also comes from such a place of like, not only I was there and it was brutal, but like, who am I to judge anybody else? Yeah. I really like Scott. I don't know. I really like him. I think that he's... I mean, same. <laughs> no, but I mean, like, I the more and more I, I watch him, I just like, I, I don't know. I like him. I think that he, you know, like they were... I, I forget where this was when he was saying like, yeah, I'm on a reality show, but it's still work. Like, I think it's so easy to say he rode the coattails. If he wasn't a good fucking plot line, if he wasn't good at this, he would he wouldn't have had this presence. Like, you can make someone famous, but you can't have them... The fame themselves isn't going to draw this following. His personality is what drew the following. He is a character. Like Scott, you could put him on any reality TV show. It didn't matter who he was with. You could put him in any setting and he will be the person that people are drawn to. That's just who he is. And the thing that's so great about Scott is that for the longest time, that was his role in the show. And it was like, even when you hated him, you still loved him because of the entertainment value and because of who he was and the plot line that he brought. And it was like, you know, it was the, he was the villain you love to love. And then he became the guy that was like, you know, you kept the same personality and then you just had this unbelievable character development. So not only have we already loved you for who you are as a person and who you are from an entertainment perspective, now we're like on your journey of self-growth and self-discovery. And it's like, we feel like we've been with you the whole time. Yeah, now we're like proud to love you. Right. You realize that if he... And I'm not going to say if, I'm going to say when, because I feel confident to the gods that this will happen. When it happens that he, come, you know, comes onto the podcast one day, he is going to, it is going to be the most like pleasant, loving interview environment he has ever been in his entire life. I know. Sophia better watch out. <laughs> no, you know what I mean? He's going to feel, we are so accepting of him. Yeah. I mean, I love him. We real. I really feel like we've just seen it all. Um, 100%. Anyway, they're, you know, Chloe's trying to hang up with him and Chloe and Scott and Tristan are talking about some car. I don't even know. I guess he got a new Rolls, the truck, this, that. Um, and Chloe's like, okay, you guys, you, you know, she, she obviously wants Tristan to have a good relationship, but you can just see it come up so much. She just like feels like d- doesn't know how to handle it. Right. You know? Um, totally. And that's how it ended. That's, that's how it ended. Yeah. I mean, listen, you guys know, we're always straight up with you. Was this the best episode ever? No. Did I love every minute? Yes. Well, what the fuck was up with Balika's birth announcement? <laughs> no, that was the we, we that that's another meme that I'm gonna make. Me like <laughs> I was trying to figure we out why. Trying to figure out what the fuck Atlanta has to do with the fact that she was pregnant. Like when she started to say it, I was like, oh, maybe she's like isn't gonna tell her and is just gonna go away to Atlanta and then come back with a baby. That's the only connection I can make. Yeah, we either were missing something or that was just really terrible. No, it was clear because Chloe was like, I don't know what the fuck she's talking about. And I don't know why she waited so long to tell me, but like, I'm happy she's pregnant. It like ruined the moment. It was so confusing that like you couldn't focus on the fact that she was pregnant. You could only focus on the fact of like, what the fuck is she talking about? Well, for a second, I was thinking, okay, is OT Genesis in Atlanta? And that's why, you know, I didn't, I don't know. I that, Yeah, there was like, I don't even know. They never explained it correctly. It was so weird. I felt like I was robbed of Malika's birth announcement. Me too. You know? Me too. Yeah, I don't know. And then for a second, I felt like Nick and Vanessa were wrong. It was an emotional journey. Anyway, that's all for today, folks. Um, We will see you next week. We love you guys with every single thing inside of us. If you love us and you want to leave a review, we'd appreciate that more than anything. Only if you have something nice to say. (laughs) And any other announcements you want to make, kid? I think that's it. Okay, don't forget to follow Comments by TikTok and Comments by Steve, my dad. <laughs> You're the worst. I love him so much. Like, I, I said to him today, I was like, I was like, we were talking when we were walking. And I was like, I'm really sad. And he's like, about what? I was like, I'm already sad about the fact when this is all over that we're not going to be able to hang out every single day. I was like, and I'm sad that you're not sad. He's like, I am sad. I miss you already. I was like, do you oh promise? <laughs> <laughs> Your dad is waiting for you to get out. No, he's not. He yes, loves he is. We have so much fun. Anyway, okay. We love you guys. We will see you next week. Let's talk about baby making for a second because it's really not as simple as it's made out to be, meaning there's just factually a lack of knowledge surrounding how to get pregnant. And kind of, you know, for many of us, we spend our lives trying to prevent unwanted pregnancy 
that when you do want to conceive, there's almost a lack of understanding and resources, which is why I want to introduce you to Free to Fertility. Free to Fertility is the only one-stop shop that makes it easier to make a baby with a set of solutions for everything from egg and sperm health to ovulation tracking to conception aid. And basically what Frida is doing is simplifying the journey to parenthood with products that help you go from trying to making a baby. And their products are innovative, easy to use, accessible, from ovulation prediction to at-home insemination kits. They're kind of revolutionizing the conception aid game with the at-home insemination kit, which is almost, you can think of it as like a modern, effective solution to the turkey baster. This is baby making simplified. Find Frida Fertility on Amazon, Target, and select CVS near you.